Welcome back to True Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, True Justice, and this is episode 242. Well, you got a lot of movies to talk about, a lot of fights to talk about. Um, we've had some UFC cards since the last episode. We had the uh, Romero Barrasso uh, fight on Showtime with that controversial stoppage. We had Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko um, and that controversial decision. Uh, a lot of things to discuss. Katie Taylor versus uh, Chantel Cameron in Ireland. Uh, some upcoming things. I went and saw the new Fast and the Furious movie. I watched White Men Can't Jump on Hulu. Um, a mystery movie at Regal. Lots of cool stuff. So uh, where to begin? Where to begin? Um, I'm kind of just fresh off of the fights last night. I kind of want to jump into them. I'll probably save them. No, I, I got a lot to say about the fights. Um. It's just it's been interesting. We got some crazy stuff going on because it's been a really good year of boxing so far. Fights that need to be made are getting made, and it's been awesome to watch. Um, but uh, I was listening to "Knock 'Em Out the Box" with Benny Paz and Brennan Long, and uh, you know they're they're reminding us the the roots of boxing. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, dirty shit goes on behind the scenes a lot of manipulation for the gambling aspect of it those ties can still be held down in this sport nobody gets held accountable the same as other sports do so it is there and it's always a lingering question when these things happen i don't like the folks that jump to the conclusion too fast of robbery 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 just like i don't like the folks who claim people to be a goat just because they had a good fucking season um it goes on both ends you can't can't jump to that conclusion so fast you take away the meaning when you do that so um let's let's get into some movies first i watched a lot of good movies um i saw like i said the fast and the furious movie now i i uh, don't want to spoil anything it's pretty new um but it's bad that's um my biggest spoiler alert i'll give you right there is it's terrible it, if you enjoyed fast nine f9 or whatever they called it and you thought it was phenomenal you'll probably love this one uh, most people i know did not enjoy f9 too much i thought it was horrible and i gave fast x a two out of five um, i was very disappointed it has so many marvel and dc characters in it now it just becomes a little over the top ridiculous like they just keep st- their budget must keep going up so high they just try to figure out how to spend it i'm not sure what's going on um the essence of the story and yes i do believe fast and furious had a good storyline once upon a time i thought they were a good franchise of films at one time um and they they've completely derailed and gone off off script and it's it's just weird i don't know what they're doing i don't know why they're doing it it seems like a soap opera with a really high budget, but they still make some of the corny-ass scenes look even cornier. There's ways to make that shit look real. Um, not, like, believable, but there's ways to make them look better. But some of the shit they do is just absolutely ridiculous, and I can't tell if they're fucking with us or if they really believe that this is the way to go. So um, I, I read that there's two more coming. I thought there was one more. And at the end of this Fast X, you clearly understand it's not the end of the road. And I remember when they were advertising it, they had said the uh, the end the the end is beginning. Or they had a really weird way of putting it on the poster. And I was just like, oh my god, it's not even the fucking end of it. It's just the beginning of the end. So I thought that meant we had one more movie, but it sounds like there's two more. 
And I was listening to somebody uh, after leaving the theater. I was listening to their conversation as we're walking out, and they had said that they think they're going to call the next one Fast Double X and the final one Fast XXX Triple X. And they're somehow going to tie it into Dominic Toretto is Triple X. <laughs> the character that he played all those years ago and that's how he becomes and it's just kind of funny because <laughs> i could see it happening it's just a, a weird scenario um and the whole thing is just it's just been madness i don't know jason momoa i was pretty stoked when i saw him in the preview um i thought his character was going to look pretty dope and have a have this good villain uh, appeal and he he took it in a really goofy route which just made it really fucking dumb i really hate hate to hate but i just thought it was dumb i thought it was corny i think he watched too much joker footage from you know batman and was trying to figure out how to make his character seem like that um although he came across more like harley quinn most of the time which just didn't fucking work man i don't know who gave him the green light on that and who said this is a great concept it was terrible the writing of the whole fucking movie was terrible and they they made a move at the end i like i said i won't spoil it but there is a uh, end credit scene stick around for it because it gives you a nice little dive into what you're getting into the for the next film and it answers some some questions that a lot of fans i'm sure have and uh, they had to they had to make a choice, I believe, earlier in the film to allow that part to happen. And it should make the next one a little more exciting. It should. But we'll see. I, I really hope they, they get some uh, shit figured out with their writing because they, they try to rejuvenate an old storyline from like Fast Five or some shit like that. Or this, I don't know, one of the older ones. It had to be before Paul Walker passed. So at least seven at the latest, they're trying to take shit from back then and make it relevant and tie it into a new story. That's how fucking lame this shit has become. They can't even keep it going on their own. They're trying to come up with other shit to bring up the old shit. And it, that's ridiculous with this many, this much talent on your roster, this high of a budget for a film, give, give us something better. So that's what I have to say about it. Fast X is in theaters. Now, uh, I gave it a two out of five. Uh, aside from that, I'll move on to uh, White Men Can't Jump 2023 on Hulu. Um, had a nice little back and forth with my guy Mike on this one um, because he, he described the movie as fantastic. And I said, that is not the word I would choose, but I did think it was enjoyable. I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. And I will say, I will say I think I was a little rough on it because I was over critiquing some moments um, with some of the, the kind of cornball shit going on. So I can move it to a three out of five. I'm going to stick to 2.5 out of five, but I wouldn't go any higher than a three out of five for that film. Um, Jack Harlow, um, he, he, I, I really thought his character was likable and I'm not a big Jack Harlow fan. I got nothing against him. He's just not really my vibe. Um, and I, I heard about this film was not even interested saw the preview and i was like okay i'll give it a i'll give it a try because it looks it looks interesting it looks it looks fun and that's what it was it was fun um sequel walls uh not, he didn't he didn't do bad at all he was an enjoyable character but jack harlow i feel like was the real appeal around the whole story his his uh commentary throughout his innocent um peaceful vibes um driving everybody crazy all that and he did have elements that um you could see he took from Woody Harrelson's character of Billy Ho 
you could see it in it, but he didn't run with it all the way, which I really appreciated as well. Um, there was a few takes, honestly, a few takes where I was like, what the fuck? Why didn't the director have him do those takes over again? Cause they just, they, you could tell they weren't on point. And, um, it's, it just stuck out to me so heavy. I was like right away there has ruined a lot of this film. Cause it didn't match the rest of it. There's moments where you're like, okay, it's all flowing fine. And then these moments come up, you're like, just tell them to do another fucking take. I don't know if they were running close to lunch break or running out of sunlight. I don't know what it was, but it was frustrating that they didn't redo those takes and fix it to make it better. And of course this could have been out of their control. I don't know how it went down, but why the fuck didn't they have a cameo from the original cast if you can't get them involved, it feels like they're not signed off on it and they don't approve. And if that's the case, don't fuck with it. So I don't know. I would have loved to see an after credit scene or an end of uh, end of uh, the movie scene before the credits come on of fucking Sydney and Billy walking up on the court and challenging those fools to a pickup game. It would have made it so much better, so much more nostalgia represent. It just, it would have been cool. Big opportunity missed 2.5 out of five for me. White men can't jump. 2023 is on Hulu. Check that out. Um, and then this movie, this was a mystery movie. I went to go see called Kandahar. And I talked about this on my IG as well. Uh, Man, this was good. Starring Gerard Butler. I gave this movie a 4.5 out of 5. And um, it's at first when it kicked off, I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it so much. Um, my guy I went to go see it with, he was like, oh, yeah, I like this guy. He doesn't do bad movies. And I was like, yeah, he, he, he generally doesn't. Gerard Butler is usually in a pretty cool movie. Um, but it just had a really slow beginning. And it is um, a bit of a slow burn. Um but it really turned out to be incredible. And if you, it has similar vibes to the, the covenant that had uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, which was probably the best movie I've seen so far this year. Um, and it's a, it's a whole different, different story, of course. Um, but it's middle Eastern warfare and it's dealing with a soldier's relationship with the translator and, or an interpreter, however you want to say it. And it's all about them having to establish this bond and a, get a relationship to trust each other, to help each other survive. And it's, it's such a good movie. Um, Kandahar, is that how you pronounce it? Kandahar? Let me check again. Yeah. Kandahar. Um, it should be in theaters, if not now, by this week coming up. Um, when they do the Regal, the mystery movie, it's like 10 days before the official release, I believe. I highly recommend you check that shit out, especially if you enjoyed The Covenant. Uh, 4.5 out of 5 for me. I uh, won't spoil shit because it's not out yet. Uh, another movie I checked out called Above Suspicion, um, starring Amelia Clark. Love her. Um, loved during Game of Thrones. Huge fan. Johnny Knoxville was in this shit. Um, so this movie, um, it was interesting. It could have been a lot better. Uh, I gave it a three out of five, and it is on Netflix, I believe. Let me just verify that. I'm pretty sure that one's on Netflix. Um, and it came out a few years ago, but they just popped it up there like it was new. Uh, so in this movie, um, you got a female who is involved in um, a not-so- uh, not so solid relationship with her baby dad and he deals drugs and I believe they are in one of the southern southern towns I don't know if they're uh shit I don't remember what town it is I won't even speak on it 
Um, they're in the South somewhere, I'm pretty sure. Um, small town. And she gets caught up in uh, kind of becoming an informant. Not kind of, just, yeah, she becomes an informant for a detective who's investigating shit. And they, they end up having a relationship, a sexual relationship. And the female, the informant, and the detective. And I believe it said it's based on a true story. And it just kind of uh, goes with that vibe of all the the shit that can go wrong with that, which you can imagine is a lot. Um, there's some disturbing scenes in the sense of domestic violence, some up close and personal stuff on like a murder scene. Um, it's vital to the story. And of course, there's nothing worse than we've seen before. It just it feels really authentic the way they had it give down. So I really appreciated that. I wish they would have taken a darker route with this one. Um, I feel like it had potential to be really fucking good, um, if not great, but it was just, it just ended up being all right. Um, but yeah, if you, if that interests you at all, check that out on Netflix above suspicion streaming now. Uh, let's see hypnotic. This was a cool one. So I actually, this is the mystery movie I missed when I went to go see Jeff Dunham, uh, with my wife. And uh, I found out that um, after when I went to go see, because people, of course, like I do, reveal what the mystery movie was. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And it's a Robert Rodriguez film and uh, starring Ben Affleck. So I went ahead to go check it out when it came out officially. And, uh, you know, it's pretty good. It's 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 really back and forth on. I was reading some reviews because like, I wonder what other folks are thinking about this one because it's kind of a trip and it kind of feels like, you could justify saying that shit sucked or I hated it. And it can also be justified saying it was incredible, a phenomenal, fl- phenomenal flick. Um, so in depth, I don't know. I didn't know where to take it with my head. Cause I had no idea what, what I was getting into. Um, I gave it a three out of five seemed safe. Um, and I really did enjoy it. It's just, you got to really pay attention. There's a really, really cool twist, which I always love when they have a good twist in the flick. Um, it's definitely not Ben Affleck's best work. It's far from his best work. So it was really interesting on why he was the one to play this role. Um, it, it looked lower budget. It didn't look like they had a whole lot going on with it. I, but I also know Robert Rodriguez, you know, intentionally does things like that sometimes. Um, I don't know. I wish it would have had a bigger budget or would have looked better just because the storyline, how they had it, sci-fi, crime thriller status, it, it needed a little bit more production value for me. Um, it it had Inception vibes, um, Kilgrave from Jessica Jones. Like that's what a lot of it felt like to me. So if you enjoyed those things, you'll probably enjoy this one. But you got to pay really good attention to it. And it's just it's a detective whose daughter's been missing, and he's trying to locate her. And he f- stumbles into this whole um, uh, situation where the villain has this ability to not just hypnotize, but they call them hypnotics where they can get so into your mind and change your perception of the world um, and control what you're doing. It's, it's pretty cool. Very interesting. So check that out. Hypnotic starring Ben Affleck. Uh, one of my favorites I checked out recently was a man called Otto. A man called Otto's on Netflix. Now I wanted to see this real bad when it came out to theaters but there was just so many good movies coming out for a while, so I didn't make it. So it came out to Netflix now. I gave it a four out of five. Absolutely loved it. Such a It's a feel-good flick with such a sad underlying concept, but it's very well done. Tom Hanks always does a great job. Um, best I can explain, I, I put this on my IG as well, is it's like Gran Torino meets The Notebook. And I know that's really weird to say, but that's essentially the vibe I got from it. If you like both of those movies, I guarantee you'll love this one. 
If you like one of those movies, there's a chance you'll like this one. Um, it was uh, it's about a grumpy old man who is kind of sick of the the world full of idiots <laughs> that he feels like everybody is, and they he has to do everything himself because everybody else messes shit up and doesn't do things properly. And along the way through the movie, and it, it discloses this as the the film opens up, so I'm not ruining anything. He's continuously trying to end his own life. He wants to kill himself. And you throughout the movie, you um, you start to realize why he's trying to kill himself, why he wants to leave the world. And you just kind of get uh, more invested as the movie goes on um, into his story and into feeling like, man, this poor guy. Um, but it's, it's, it's a really good flick. I highly recommend it. Streaming on Netflix now, A Man Called Otto, four out of five for me. Uh, the Mother, starring J-Lo. Um, I did a video on this on my IG before I finished it, which I really don't like to do. I really want to make sure if I'm going to review something, I've seen the whole thing. Uh, but I needed to give my thoughts because I didn't know if I was going to finish it. And if I start it and I'm not going to finish it, I at least want to let people know why. So I will say I ended up finishing it. So I did not release anything since then. Um, nothing changed, though. I will say that. I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. I thought it was garbage. I just wasn't satisfied. Um, the first time I think I, I made it like 40 minutes with my wife, it was one of those moments where I kind of like nudged her. I was like, are you enjoying this? Because I don't want to turn it off if she is. We have very different interests in movies, and she doesn't usually end up pick, picking the ones that we watch because she'll usually fall asleep anyways. So, But if she was enjoying it, I was going to ride it out. That was fine. Um, but she even said, no, not at all. And I was like, oh, shit, thank God, so we can turn it off. And so, um, I, like I said, I didn't know I was going to go back to it. But I decided I had some time one day, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to ride it through and see if it gets better because I was getting so much um feedback from other folks online saying that it was they loved it it was great and i was like y'all are just falling for the trap of the mother's day release that's all it is it's called the mother it's released mother's day weekend it's about a mom kicking ass and ultimately making a very very strange sacrifice for her child which i didn't care for that storyline i thought it was a little unique I thought it was interesting it just, i just didn't buy into it and i couldn't steer away from thinking like this was a long um, long awaited sequel of like JLo's rolling enough. Like after she learned some defense, self defense moves and enough and escaped that guy, she ended up pursuing that in the special forces aspect. And all this is who she is now, but it just didn't work to me. Watching JLo smoke cigarettes looks weird. She's just not that great of an actress to be able to pull that shit off to make it look real. So for me, uh, big letdown. But I shouldn't have fell for the trap in the first place. The Mother streaming on Netflix now, 2.5 out of 5 for me. Uh, let's see. I just checked out the McGregor Forever um, docuseries on Netflix. Um, Four-part four series. Um, just came out May 17th, I believe. Um, I, I tweeted a little too early while I was watching. I was like, this, this, this doc is pretty legit. Um... And I listened to Brendan Schaub talking about it, and I really liked, I really appreciate his standpoint, especially on documentaries and, and fights, of course, the fight game. But uh, I don't know. I will give it to him. I fell for the trap again. This, the McGregor Forever docuseries is essentially like uh, a four episode 
promo cut to get us ready for this fucking Ultimate Fighter series that's about to start at the end of the month with him and Michael Chandler being the coaches for the um, tough competition. And McGregor's been showing up at all these different um, venues, all these different things, promoting himself like he does. He's wonderful at it. And then they release this documentary, and you're like, holy shit, and it just keeps you going. You get locked into his whole story, which makes you more excited for his comeback, which is what we're waiting for. Um, beautiful promo. Beautiful. But I do feel like I just wasted four hours because I was already invested in his comeback. So um, it, it's it's a well-produced docu-series. Um, it is cool. They got some back uh, back uh, back scene behind the scenes footage um, in there uh, with some things in regards to his injury and his conversations with the doctors and his um, his time with his family. They didn't highlight a whole lot of his nonsense, which I wish they would have gotten into a little bit more because that's a part of who he is, and he knows that. Um, they didn't discuss any of his um, allegations of the steroid use to heal up quicker, um, and they probably should have filmed a little bit more just to lead into the Ultimate Fighter um, uh, situation more if they wanted to make, make it even a better promo cut. But... It's interesting. If you don't know anything about Conor McGregor, I would be really surprised that you're listening to this podcast. But um, check check it out for sure. If you're if you uh, if you don't know who this guy is, he's been monumental for the sport, um, MMA, even boxing discussions because he fought Floyd Mayweather. Um, he's uh, still fairly young. He's not. He's uh, probably in you know capping towards the end of his prime. You know, um, and but he's still got a lot of good years left if he can if he can actually stay healthy and get back in there. Um, always draws a huge crowd. Great, like I said, great promoter, just self promoter. Always interesting. Um, his accent makes a lot of the things he says even better, just because some of his some of his insults are not even very good. They're not even very clever, but his accent makes him pretty dope. His confidence is. Uh, uh, how would I say almost contagious? It just makes you, um, it just, it's, it draws you to him even more. And you just believe in yourself just from watching him. Um, but yeah, so I'll be looking forward to the ultimate fighter, uh, coming up soon. Um, I believe I heard he has entered the USADA pool and I think he needs to have, <laughs> I want to say two, if not three clean tests before he'd be cleared to fight, which I think they said would be a six month minimum. So I know Dana White just said something about hopefully he made that meeting and signed the paperwork, and if he did, they're hoping to get a big fight in November or December um, with Connor. So we'll see what happens. You just never know in this game anymore. And then uh, that wraps up the movies I've watched. Does that leave me with some some fights? I think that does leave me with some fights. All right, so movie people, if you're checked out and you don't like the fights, this is your time to go. Thank you for joining. Um, let's see, where do I want to begin? Because I don't think I touched on this. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I don't even want to talk about the old one. I want to talk about last night's. So uh, Mackenzie Dern got the win over Angela Hill, just kind of dominated her quite quite a bit um i was really surprised that was a, a headline of a card I, i'm a big fan of both of them it's just neither of them have that big of a name to draw anything but this is one of those times where i feel like dana puts the shit together and he's like we're not going to work too hard on it because there's a massive boxing match that everybody's waiting to watch nobody's nobody's paying as much attention to this right now it's kind of just holding them over till the boxing starts um uh, but shout out to mckenzie dern 
She got it done. Shout out to Angela Hill too because she don't quit. She's just a she's a fucking warrior. Um, Hernandez was just whooping the shit out of uh, my guy's um, fighter uh, Shabazanya. Sorry, Shabazian. Shabazian. Um, I always botch the names, but um, whooped the shit out of him. I don't even know how that one concluded because boxing was on at the time. Um, let's see. Let's see. Fucking Buckley. Nice. Uh, nice finish he had. The head kick followed up with the hammer, and I remember the ref pushing him off. That was a nice, nice finish. And fucking Michael Johnson got flatlined, lights out, KO, legs locked, and everything. Um, I saw somebody say Michael Johnson's uh, the only guy in the UFC that could knock anybody out and get knocked out by anybody. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Um, so that was a bummer. Uh, the. The prelims, they were actually pretty good. I rewatched them with my guy after he came over because he missed them when we were watching boxing. So I threw it on the little TV, watched them twice. Um, fucking, and that's when I realized that Chase Hooper looks exactly like the little kid they kidnapped in Alpha Dog. Um, I do want to touch about on this Rolando Romero, Roly, and Ishmael Barrasso. Um, this aired on Showtime last week, and I missed it. It was, we were celebrating my wife's birthday. We went out to the casino. We walked in the casino, and I saw boxing on the TV, and I was like, ah, oh, shit. I forgot they show the fights now. And so I walked over, and I'm staring at the, uh, the screen by the bar, and I looked over at the counter. I was like, holy shit. Is that where I could place a bet on the fights? Because now it's legal here. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, no fucking way. I'm going to give this a try. So I walked over and I was ready to throw a hundred bucks um, on Barrasso because <clears throat> I am not on the Roly train. I do not believe he's that great. I do not believe he's even that good. I believe he's young and reckless, and I don't believe Davis's knockout over him was a fluke at all. I believe that happens ten out of ten times. And uh, Barrasso's not a not a chump. He had a solid record. He's uh, he's experienced. He's tough. And so I thought he was going to expose Romero. Um, and they didn't have a line on the fight. And this was kind of God looking out for me because we saw how that ended. I would have lost my money and I would have been really fucking pissed if I lost my money based on that whack ass stoppage. So this is where I was talking about it earlier with the robbery discussion. I don't believe Devin Haney um, or uh, I don't believe that fight with Devin Haney and Loma was a robbery. I really don't. I do believe this stoppage um, for Ro Romero was a robbery. I believe Barrasso got robbed, and that was uh, really disappointing. So you pull the official judges' cards after the fight gets stopped, you get to see where the fight was at in their eyes, and Romero was down on all of their fucking cards. When Barrasso got stopped in the corner, he wasn't getting his ass kicked. He wasn't wobbled. He wasn't knocked down, anything like that. In fact, he just got done throwing a punch himself. And they stopped it. So very disappointing. And I have not seen the entire fight yet. So I don't want to dive too much into it. From what I've seen, trash. Seeing the judges' scorecards, I think fixed. Okay, they did not want Romero to lose. I get it. I get it. Romero's a bigger name. Makes more But do not fuck with the sport like that. It just pisses me off. If the kid can't hang, make room for the next one. We got plenty of fighters out there that deserve their fucking chance to actually win these fights and shut these little youngsters up just because they're hype trains and all that. And it was just it just disappointing to me. So 
Romero's got the WA, WBA super lightweight interim belt now. Um, and we'll see him probably lose it really fucking quickly unless they feed him a bunch of trash-ass fights. We'll see how they decide to hang with that. But at the same time, this was weird because the casino didn't have a line on the fight. And when I'm talking to him about it, he goes, I don't know why we don't have a line on that. That's weird. Um, I was like, yeah, that seems strange. He's like, well, who's sanctioning the fight? I was like, well, it's on Showtime. Um, it's a WBA. He's like, it's a title fight. Why didn't we not have this? We have no information on this at all. We have no odds, nothing. I was like, yeah, that's fucking weird. So I didn't get to place my bet. But like I said, I would have been real bad if I did, and that's how they lost. So um, we'll see what's next. Um, let's see. Let's see. Katie Taylor versus Cameron. Um, I had uh, Katie Taylor picked for this one. Um, this I thought was, um, I just, Katie Taylor's just fucking vicious. She's precise. She's fast. Um, I do not think she beat Amanda Serrano. Um, I thought Serrano won that fight, but I I was looking forward to this rematch, which, which was supposed to take place on May 20th, but Amanda got injured. So she took this fight with Cameron instead in Ireland. Hell of a homecoming for Katie Taylor. Beautiful moment. I had to watch it on Twitter because I canceled my DAZN subscription right now. Uh, I might get it back eventually, but right now I'm kind of just kind of just pissed off at them for their bullshit tactics. But Cameron won. I saw that. The decision was made. Um, I was very surprised. I reached out to my guy on Twitter to when he, when he said the right woman won. I said, okay, um, you feel like the judge has got it right? He said, absolutely. I was like, all right, I trust that opinion. He's knowledged. I still want to rewatch eventually just to see how it went down because I was shocked. I thought for sure Katie Taylor's getting this decision in her home country if she got it over Serrano. Um, yeah, so shout out to Cameron. Taylor still got her belts, though, because they were fighting for Cameron's belts. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What do I want to talk about next? I guess we'll dive into the undercard for the Devin Haney before we get to the, that that discussion uh fucking shout out to this dude nakatani holy shit these guys weigh 114 pounds 114 pounds and they are swinging they're fast but nakatani knocked maloney the fuck out one of the best if not the best knockout of the year so far a few people i've spoken to Definitely claim this to be a knockout of the year contender already. And I, it was just unbelievable. Maloney ended up going to the hospital, um, finding out it was two ruptured eardrums from this blow. Um, he just, he lit him the fuck up. He walked right into it, but it just landed beautifully and it was over. And I believe it was, I want to say it was the last round we were tripping because I was back and forth on UFC and that. And when that shit landed, I heard it looked over and saw him fall into the uh, the canvas and I was like what the fuck and my guys were tripping they're like holy shit so when I watched that replay it was fucking crazy shout out to Nakatani um and hope Maloney heals well and he's all right because that was a vicious KO and then we get into Oscar Valdez and uh Lopez so uh Lopez took this fight on I believe they said a 30 hour notice which is impressive and I was impressed with Lopez. I think he did a great job. I think he was a little overly cocky, and that was frustrating. Valdez got the victory um, as deserved, um, but Lopez put up a hell of a fight. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does, but I hope he calms his shit down. He was dancing around, putting his hands in the air when he should have been focused on closing that fight because I think he could have 
potentially won that one. Um, he gave Valdez a nice little surprise there. But shout out to Valdez. Um, well-deserved victory. And let's see, let's see. Is, the, is it the last one? I think that's the last one. All right, let's talk about Devin Haney and Lomachenko. I uh, I I just recently started doing these IG one-minute reel videos to, like, give a breakdown of movie shows, fight predictions, things like that. And it's been doing really well. I was um, I'm trying to adjust to the new algorithm on how social media works. I've never hidden the fact that I've never been very good at um, social media um, navigating it, promoting, self-promoting is one of my biggest downfalls. I just can't figure out how the fuck to do it properly. Um, I was, before some of the changes occurred, um, I had usually between 900 to 1,000 um, accounts reached or whatever they call it that, you know, they have checked out or interacted with your page for, for the last 30 days. And that was a good average for me all the time, no matter what. And that was just natural stuff that I post. And then all of a sudden I, the numbers are dropping drastically. And all of a sudden it was more in the, more in like hundreds, um, not even exceeding 200. And I was like, what the fuck happened? Did people just give up on me heavily? Am I not uh, promoting these things properly? Did they, uh, the shadow ban thing cross my mind? I'm like, did I fucking do something wrong? What's going on? But I was like, well, maybe, maybe all those other ones were spam bots. You know, I don't know. Um, a lot of social media is fucking weird. The internet's weird. So I was living in that world for a while where I was like, fuck, like, that's just not a lot of engagement. That's not a lot of eyes on this shit. And I started doing these IG videos and all of a sudden it was, you know, generating a little bit more and more and more. And all of a sudden it went up to like 1.3, 4,000. I was like, Hey, there we go. Now I'm back in the game. These are working. I'm gonna keep these going. And Holy shit. I probably average, you know, between, um, from what I've seen so far with these little one minute reels, anywhere from, 60 to 100 on average for the video and i'm like that's cool that's dope i don't i don't have a lot of followers on ig i keep it pretty low key um but if it's gener generating more reach out there this is working well i posted a little video of my um my discussion points of haney versus loma after the fight and that shit's coming up on 3,000 views and i was like oh, okay fuck yeah so this just i'm just kind of explaining my process of learning the algorithm and the trending topics and how to hit it and get engagement. Cause I want, I don't want people just to watch. I don't want people to um, hit play and then keep scrolling. I want, I want engagement. I want discussion. I want people's feedback and thoughts. And that comes with some, some trolls and I'm not used to that. So I've had a couple trolls on a few and I'm like, damn, like I can't even acknowledge those. Like, but Holy shit. Now I see how hard that is for people who really got to deal with a lot of trolls. Cause I know people that got to deal with it all the time. I don't. <laughs> Most people that comment on my shit are my, are my people. And so nice little healthy debate or agreeing with each other, things like that. But Holy shit, this generated a whole lot of strangers. And it's crazy just because that's how many people are looking this up or um, discussing this matter because it was that big of a fucking deal. First and foremost, I want to say shout out to Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko for putting on an incredible fucking fight for 12 rounds. They left it all out there. They kicked ass. They, they have nothing to be ashamed of as fighters at all. And I don't believe 
either of them are wrong for how it went down. I believe they left it all out there. They did incredible. They didn't underestimate each other, but they also didn't hesitate. They, from round one, they were going for it. They were trying to figure each other out, and they wanted that fucking victory. They wanted all the belts, and they wanted to uh, concrete their fucking name for their legacy. They, they did it the right way. But the judges, the judges, I don't... And I don't believe it's a robbery. I don't because there were a few solid swing rounds where it was just really. And we kept going around the living room when we're watching this fight, debating this after the rounds. Who do you think won that round? And a lot of us were saying, I'm giving it to I'm giving it to this. You know, it wasn't like uh, the solid other rounds were like Loma won that round or Haney won that round. A lot of the rounds, it was like, uh, I got I'm going to give it to Bob. And those are those are those swing rounds where they can really go either way. It's really hard to tell. For us, it was pretty conclusive that Loma was getting the majority of those swing rounds. We just felt like his shots were more effective. He was landing the punches and punches. The combos were there. He wasn't taking the damage quite so much. Um, so we were just really shocked because my guy Mike's um, scoring the card along the way, and we all pretty much agreed with his score which I believe ended up being 116-112 for Loma. So when we heard 116-112, we thought it was for Loma. I had told my guys in that moment, I said, they're going to give it to Haney. And I picked Haney in the first place. If you watch my first video on my prediction for this, I picked Haney. I thought Haney was going to win by decision. And even thinking Loma won the fight, I still had it in my head. I'm like, they're going to give it to Haney. And I know they're going to give it to Haney because it makes more sense moving forward that way. Um, it sucks. I don't agree with it, but I'm also not enraged by it. I, I think what made it so sad is Loma um, has been through a lot. Um, Loma... Um, you know, had that, he lost his belts to a little fucking asshole. Um, he, uh, his country was invaded. He went to go help in that war and stood with his people um, and then came back and didn't look like he'd skipped a beat. He looked phenomenal. He was fast. He was focused. He was locked in. And he did nothing wrong during this fight. And to see him in the back crying like he did just to break down, it was so sad because you just know what he's, he's got to be thinking, like, what's next? Do I, do I get another shot at my age after losing this? What happens now? And Evan Haney is on top of the world. There's no way in fucking hell he's going to give Loma another uh, shot. He's not. So what's next for Haney? Um, does, uh, does he fight Shakur? Does he fight Davis? Does he, I mean, what what happens next? And I think that's what I'm really excited for because Haney has stated he, he wants to fight everybody. He has said it, so let's see if he's about it. And I hope Loma will get a nice good fight because that those weight classes in that area where they, those guys can move up and down a little bit right there, um, it's stacked. There's a lot of great talent. There's a lot of great names. There's a lot of solid fights. Um, but Loma, we know, wants the belts. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I had Lomachenko winning. Um, that was my, my pick. Um, after I saw the fight, my pre-prediction of course was Haney. 
And uh, it was just kind of sad to see it go down that way. But it's got the internet on fire. It's got people arguing. It's got everybody calling each other casuals. And you don't know boxing. And obviously you never watched a fight before. And all this bullshit that people have to go to their excuses. Like, no. We can all agree that was a solid fight. We can all agree it was close. There was a lot of swing rounds. And we may or may not agree with it. But I don't believe there's any robbery in itself. But... I had Loma winning that fight. So we'll see what's next for it. Um, that concludes that aspect of my my show for the day. I got some other discussion I want to talk about for the fights coming up, though, because I'm still wondering what's going to happen with uh, Tyson Fury's bitch ass. And, yes, I say bitch ass because he's pissing me the fuck off. Um, Tyson Fury is such a phenom. When it comes to the boxing world, the heavyweight division, his footwork, his speed, his accuracy, his head movement is unheard of for a man his size. It is insane. God built this man to not be able to lose. Not many people can fuck with him. So why is he playing these games? It's driving me insane. The only man I believe in that division that has a chance of knocking his ass out again is Deontay Wilder. And Wilder is not ready for that rematch. Wilder's got other fights lined up to get there. I don't think Tyson Fury necessarily wants to fight Wilder again right now. I, I thought he wanted to go and get all those belts from Usyk. Um, apparently he doesn't. Apparently he wants to try to punk Usyk and make him take a far less cut. And thank God Usyk has finally said, no, I will not fight you unless it's 50-50. Because originally Tyson Fury tried to offer a 70-30 split, 30 for Usyk as the fucking champion. And Usyk was going to accept it and Fury still wouldn't do it. And then I started hearing these rumors of Tyson Fury versus Alexander Usyk and Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua on the same motherfucking card. Which would be unfucking believable That shit don't happen in boxing. It would be one of the biggest nights in the history of boxing, guaranteed. And whatever's holding that back, um, I, I believe it's probably Tyson fucking Fury. So he keeps now he's I think he's now he's in an argument with Joe Rogan um, and John Jones um, for which doesn't make any sense. It's not like he's ever going to go to the fucking octagon and fight in there. He'll get destroyed and he knows it. Joe Rogan, I truly believe, will kick the shit out of him. Tyson Fury in a street fight or the octagon. So he doesn't stand a fucking chance when it comes to John Jones. Um, he's talked about fighting Francis Ngannou. Well, Francis waited too long, Tyson, because now he just signed on to PFL uh, for his uh, exclusive MMA deal. Uh, I believe he could probably still leave for a boxing fight. We'll see, but I don't think he's going to when he's got all this money chilling for him in the PFL. Uh, but but we'll see. He said he wants to box, but I don't know. It's just driving me crazy. These guys keep uh, ruining these incredible opportunities, and maybe it's hitting harder because this year has been so great for boxing, so great for fighting already. But we'll see. I heard AJ and Wilder are essentially a closed deal, but I don't believe that shit because we hear it all the time. I really want to see AJ and Wilder. I believe Wilder will knock AJ's fucking head off. Um, we hear we're pretty close to closing for Earl Spence and Crawford. Um, we've heard it for a long time, but I'm hearing more and more that they're almost there. I hope it happens. I'm not holding my breath. I believe Crawford will uh, destroy Spence. Uh, let's see. I'm waiting to see what's going on. My guy, Andy Ruiz, um, apparently, uh, 
Uh, Joe Joyce has activated his rematch clause with Zhang, um, which Zhang was going to be going to fight Tyson Fury also from what I heard. Um, but Joyce activates that, which will cause for um, somebody to have to buy Joyce out to tell him to step aside so he gets to make some money regardless. So we'll see what happens. Lots of shit going on. I do want to talk about this as well before I close out because Dana White announced a fucking amazing uh, card for UFC 291. I had to look closer on that one. UFC 291, July 29th. I believe this one's in Utah. Yeah, Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, Utah. Fucking headlined Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje for the vacant baddest motherfucker belt. The belt that they should have taken from Jorge Masvidal a long time ago. Uh, so that'll be dope. These guys are going to throw. They're going to swing for the fucking fences. And I don't know who I'll... I'm, I'm rocking with Gaethje. I know that. I don't know who I think will win, but I know I want Gaethje to win. Uh, we got Jan Blakowicz versus Alex Pajeda. That's dope as fuck. Pajeda's moving up to light heavyweight. Um, we'll really see what he's capable of because I believe Jan will probably probably manhandle Pajeda if he takes him down. Um, but we'll just see how how his skill set translates up in a weight class. Uh, we got Paula Costa versus uh, Alaskarov. Tony Ferguson fighting Bobby Green. Fireworks. And uh, Michael Chiesa versus Kevin Holland, which I love that too. Really cool fight for our guy Michael Chiesa. Uh, and I love Kevin Holland, so... Such this is all on one fucking card. It just blows my mind. That's just incredible. And I believe on the undercard of that same night, we have Derek Lewis fighting and Stephen Thompson's fighting. Just incredible night of fights. So thank you for that, Dana. And I believe that concludes it. Um, shout out to my guy P because he hooked me up with these Tyson Mike bites. I call them my medibles, my medical edibles. Um, they are so hilarious. They're little uh, gummy ears shaped like ears with a bite taken out of them. It just makes me laugh. So I'm in a good mood before I even take the shit. And I, I just love it. It's been a real nice mellow mellow high, mellow chill, When I whether I'm uh, playing a game, watching a movie, listening to music. It's just been beautiful. Um, go check those shits out if you indulge in the cannabis um, functions of the world. They're dope. And uh, shout out to my guy P again, too, because I finally hit that Tropical Express uh, joint you gave me a while back. And it was it was just magical. Thank you, bro. <laughs> so we'll be back. True Reviews Podcast. Thanks, y'all.